Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. This is Taylor, your host. And honestly, I kind of feel very nervous to record this, so I'd rather just jump into it because there's so much on my mind. It is quite literally racing, pun intended. And there's so much I want to talk about that I feel like I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to go out of order. And there's just so many fun things to share that you don't need to hear like any other antics in my life. And to be honest with you, this has been the only thing consuming, I'm not kidding you, every single thought for every single day for the past like 10 weeks. So this feels kind of like a little therapy session, if you will, getting this kind of off my chest and sharing this in as much detail as I can with you all. And I'm so beyond excited to do this. So if you have been with me from, I would say like the very beginning of my quote unquote internet career, one of the first videos I ever posted way back when, beginning of 2020, it actually was posted the day that I lost my job, so there's a little bit of foreshadowing for you, was the video I shared where I ran every single day for 30 days. This video, I think, was actually like a huge turning point for my channel as well because I think it was the second challenge I had ever done and it kind of gave me a little bit more direction as to what I wanted to do with my channel and really allowed me to combine two of my biggest passions, which was making videos and working out. Now, if you watched that video, then you probably know the story of Taylor as a runner. But if you haven't, the brief synopsis is I never was one. I never have been one. I never considered myself a runner. And I started this like random challenge one day where I was going to just run every single day. I don't remember if I set out how long I was running on that challenge, but let's just say it was about 30 minutes every single day for 30 days straight. And I think I set out on that challenge for a lot of reasons. The first was probably like quite physical, to be honest with you, especially very early on in my YouTube career. My my space in my head wasn't as clear as it is now in my fitness journey. I think I was a lot more into my physical looks in terms of like losing weight and reaching for aesthetic goals constantly. So that was definitely a main motivator. I also felt like, I think in a lot of ways, it was like a way for me to redeem myself or to prove myself to myself and also like to my peers, maybe to my family. I talk at the very beginning of the video about how I have always been the one sister in my family and a family full of three girls that was never a runner. Everybody else like ran cross country or track in high school. Everybody else went on runs for fun, F-U-N, fun, like they enjoyed doing it. They would run half marathons. They would run full marathons. And I just never had that itch. I was just never, I don't know, inclined to go down that path. And I think for so long, I equated running to being a punishment. And that is like probably the worst way to ever associate exercise with, uh, you know, such a negative emotion. But I, I felt like I didn't know how to detach 
running from weight loss. It was always marketed that way to me my entire life. So I never had this healthy relationship with it. So I never understood people who would just like go run for fun. I didn't get it. I didn't know like why that was something people genuinely enjoyed doing. Like I I liked going to workout classes. I liked lifting weights and strength training, but I didn't understand running because to me, I had been taught that running is meant for a, a punishment to get in more cardio to lose weight. And I'm saying this all because uh, it's important context, I guess, but I also want to emphasize that that is not correct, just to be clear here. So at this this video, I mentioned that I'm I'm doing this, you know, to to prove that I am a runner. And I, I go through all these steps and and I don't think at the end of that challenge, like much had changed. I still think like my mindset was just in the gutter, but it was kind of like the beginning of my online journey with running, if you will. So I go on to make at least like two or three more videos where I kind of like tiptoe around the running category again. And I think that this is like kind of related to maybe just like my itch to constantly be exploring or to explore other types of exercise. Like I'm constantly wanting to find enjoyment and movement. And so when I'm going down this path of constantly doing the same type of workouts every single day over and over and over again, I want something new and I want something different. So why not try something that has always been really hard for me? Why not try running? So I make like 90 videos about Taylor trying to become a runner. I'm determined to unlock this side of me that I know is in my blood. Like, my, why do my sisters run and enjoy it? Why has that never happened for me? Why don't I have that same gene in my body? What isn't clicking? What isn't working? And this is like the way that I've always portrayed my relationship with running. It's always been, these are the people in my life that I look up to. They run. They're cool. I don't have that. Why can't I have that? I'm going to basically keep running to force myself to get there. And that alone is so problematic because I'm starting from such a toxic place itself, you know? It's, it's, it's funny and it's comical to look back on, but like that is the truth of the matter and that's always been the way that I've portrayed it online. As I've developed myself mentally and physically throughout my fitness journey, throughout my time that I've been on YouTube and making videos and recording this podcast every single week, I think in a hopefully positive way, I've changed a lot. I have recognized how powerful movement can be for you, how incredibly helpful it can be to literally change your life, both from a health perspective and also from a mental health perspective. I exercise every single day because it helps me with my anxiety. It helps me from fighting with seasonal depression Every single day, I get up and I feel motivated to move my body because it's something I have found to enjoy. And that relationship that I'm describing now took me (laughs) like a decade to unfold because I was never in the right headspace. I just never was. And I was never maybe given the right information, never sought out the right information. I listened to the wrong people and I, I didn't take enough tips from, you know, the handy dandy notebook (laughs) that I should have been listening to. And it's gotten me down a lot of lows and a lot of highs. But in the end, I am here where I am now, where I have this healthier relationship with exercise. And because of that, I started to experiment with running again, 
just this past year because it felt like something that I finally was able to look at with a clearer lens where I could say, this is an activity that I'm enjoying and I'm doing not only for my health, but also for me. And because it's kind of rewarding, and by kind of, I mean really. So I I kind of started dabbling around with running. I'm throwing it in here or there while primarily my workout routine is consistent of my split schedule with strength training and also a little bit of endurance training with my workout classes. And I kind of start to get like a little bit of an itch for something more, something that I don't know, like maybe would help me fuel my runs a bit more. I think I ultimately realized that I do have a lot of goals in my life as much as I kind of like get shy about admitting them, but I do think it would be cool to run a half marathon. I do think it would be cool to run a full marathon, but I think I get embarrassed to share those things in case I fail at them, in case I say that out loud and then I am 95 years old and I never did those things that I said I wanted to do. And I verbally said it out loud and then it just never happened. So I kind of like skirt around it when really those are like kind of the ways that you you get yourself to be more motivated by sharing your goals, by sharing your dreams with the people that you love and the people that you share your journey with, like I share with all of you. So by finally realizing, Taylor, it's okay to have these goals of like going to run a half marathon. Why don't you just go do it? Why don't you set your mind to something and get this done knowing that I am somebody who is so motivated by deadlines? Why don't I just go and do it? So kind of like on a whim, basically, is what it felt like. All of a sudden, one night, I am paying $60 to sign up for a half marathon. (laughs) And that kind of started this whole journey that has been going on since the beginning. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Beginning of January. So that kind of answers a little bit of my why. Not entirely, but it gives you a little bit more of a better picture as to what was building up before I just pressed submit and I registered for that darn race. Because that to me is almost like just as important of a part of the story. Because if I was just telling you, oh, hey, I went to go run a half marathon, you would be like, wow, that's that's cool. Anyways, and you know, you move on with the conversation. But In my context, at least I feel like it is so important to acknowledge that I was the person that just never believed in themselves and I never thought I was going to be good enough and I never thought I could run more than two or three miles and I just never had that confidence. But something just changed in me where I didn't want to just sit complacent in my own driver's seat always and I had to just do something about it. So I filmed this video, me trying to run a half marathon as a beginner. And I basically go through all the steps on why I'm wanting to do this. What is my process going to be like? Me signing up for the actual race and then also my whole training program. So I give myself 
I think what ended up being just about 10 weeks to prepare for this. And I'm going to say that's that's probably like a hair too short if you're going from beginner level. And I don't know whether or not I can qualify myself as a beginner. I've been grappling with this for the past few days because I'm not exactly a beginner, but I wasn't also exactly experienced. I was somewhere in between like an average runner or and a beginner runner because I would still go sometime. So I, I couldn't call myself like, you know, day zero, but I also wasn't like experienced enough to be going out and running six minute miles. You know what I'm saying? So I, I sign up for this race and I decide that I'm going to do this 10 weeks out following the Nike Run Club app. If there is like one thing that you get from this podcast, it is to download this app. I felt like one, first of all, I think with most races, half marathon, full marathon, ultra, K, ultra 100K, whatever the heck you're doing, Ironman, you probably should be following some sort of training guide or getting a coach to help you through the process because it's just, it's a lot to do on your own. It's a lot to figure out all of the logistics and it's very helpful to have somebody, you know, just cheering you on in a sense. So I felt like the Nike Run Club was just a really reliable space for me and I had used it like once or twice before. So I figured this is something like I'm kind of comfortable using. I don't know everything about the app, so there's still like that kind of excitement for me, but it's going to help me get to where I want to be by race day. So I download the app, I start on the guide, and immediately I am like also a little bit confused because the the guide is meant to be 14 weeks long. I jump in at week 10 technically because we're counting backwards. But immediately I'm getting a little panicked because I see that they've got scheduled four to five runs per week. And that, I don't know why that immediately overwhelmed me because I think I was just going into this assuming I could maybe get away with less because I wanted this to be something I was kind of like doing on the side. And that is a lesson that I will definitely be learning from this, that when you're training for something, it cannot be something you just kind of throw on on top of the plate that you're already carrying that's already too heavy. But I wanted to prioritize strength training and just kind of run on the side. Like it would just kind of be something I was doing in the background. The race day would come, wouldn't be any big deal. I was just racing for me. I wasn't racing for a certain time or a certain qualification. I was just going because it was something I wanted to check off my bucket list. But quickly, as I'm getting into this training regimen, I'm realizing like this is this is something that I have to be dedicating more attention to. I can definitely, you know, elaborate at the very end if there's a lot of big lessons that I learned from this race and the training because there are many, but that is definitely one of the biggest ones. To listen to your training program, to follow it as much as you can. There are going to be weeks when you're not perfect and there's going to be runs that you miss or or weeks where you just have to rearrange things and that is totally fine. But when you're signing up for this, you are committing for a half marathon or you're committing for whatever your race entails. And that means sticking to it and being consistent and being the motivated and determined person that you are and not putting this on the back burner kind of like I was in the beginning. So I sign up for this thing kind of like, I don't know, like it wasn't that it was on a whim, but I was definitely not as like 
full force as I should have been. So as the weeks are progressing, I'm running like, you know, here or there, I'm having fun, but it's not like the top of my priority list. And I'm documenting this as much as possible. I'm also doing all of my strength training. I'm starting to study more for my CPT exam, which is something that we covered in other episodes, which is just a mess and a half. But I am telling you that I would not have been able to get through half of the runs that I did without this Nike Run Club app. So when I even signed up for this race, it wasn't like I was magically already in this positive mindset where running was like my favorite thing to do in the in the world. I still wouldn't even say that that is the case, but it it took me a really long time to get to a place where I wanted to go out on runs. I would open up my app and I would see what my schedule was for the week and I would think, oh dear Lord, I have to go how many miles? I have to do what type of endurance training? Like this looks terrible. But I would open up the app and I would start my run and it would offer this option of a guided run. And essentially, this is kind of like a a version of a running podcast, I guess is the way that I, I best like to describe it. If you've ever tried a guided run before and it's been a lot, it's been overwhelming, or they're trying to like tell you how to breathe um, like at a certain tempo or like they're giving you like technical cues, try this instead because it's not that the Nike Run Club doesn't offer little bits of tips or just kind of like mental checkpoints, corrections, giving you a full body scan sort of thing, but it allows you to put yourself into the headspace that you're going to get so much more out of this run than just the miles that you put in, than just the calories that you burned, that you're going into this maybe thinking one thing and you're coming out of it with so much more clarity and such a better mindset and mentality just like about life in general and I'm I'm listening to this on like one of my first runs like yeah 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 like are you serious kind of thing I was very skeptical I guess you could say because I don't I don't really buy into like a lot of the cheesy side of fitness I guess at times I think I steer away from it because it just doesn't always connect with me And I was like, what am I going to get out of this? You know, how is that going to help me and my anxiety? How is it going to help me clear my head more? Like I, I think sometimes when I'm working out, I don't always have like that best, those moments to just think, but that is the difference with running. Like you are, you're spending hours running miles and You've got nothing to do but think and to clear your head and to come out of this maybe with a different perspective and with a a clearer mindset. It is amazing. And I would have never gone into this sport with that idea if it hadn't have been kind of like planted in my head quite literally by these guided runs. And they quite literally changed my entire perspective on my running experience, my running journey, and my outlook on running as a whole, because I have allowed it to be something that is a transformative experience. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Experience, if you will, without me being too cheesy after I just said that was something I didn't like. But rather, now it's it's so it's so welcoming and it's so inviting and it's not something I have to go out and do as a chore, but it's something I'm going to go do for me and for myself. And that is massive. Probably one of those difficult parts of the experience is trying to keep yourself present day after day. You know that you're training for a certain date on the calendar. For the longest time, my date was March 5th. I knew that that was the date in my head. Every time I'd go out on a run, I would think, what am I going to be doing on race day? I'd be thinking about my race. I'd be, you know, my mind would be wandering off about what my environment's going to look like when I'm running, my scenery, what my feelings are going to be, how I'm going to be so much better trained at that time. And I'm constantly just thinking about March 5th, always, at all moments of the day. But that doesn't help you whatsoever when you're still battling that current battle right now in the moment. So I was thinking always down the line, you know, I was never, at least in the beginning, I wasn't able to just take one step at a time. I'm full of the puns today. We are doing so many running racing analogies. It's it's fantastic. I couldn't just deal with the current battle that I was facing. And that is something that humbled me like no other. Once I realized I can't be looking at this calendar of workouts ahead of me. I can't be thinking, oh gosh, next week I have to go run six miles. I don't think I've done that in three years. How how am I going to just go run six miles by myself without like the encouragement of other people around me? The only time I'd ever run, the most I'd ever run in my life was about eight, eight miles. And I did it uh, four years in a row at like an annual race at in my college town. And I would do that with like a whole bunch of my classmates, my boyfriend, my friends, that was always fun and exciting. And so you you race on adrenaline, essentially, at least in my case. I couldn't imagine myself just going to do that on my own. I didn't know how I had the mental capacity or the motivation or the endurance, honestly. I didn't know if I was just able to do it or not. But you start to recognize how important every single step of the process is. And you're not going to get to March 5th until you get through today. So the best thing that you can do right now is to give all of your effort and to be as present as possible in whatever you're doing in this moment, because that is what matters. And that is what is going to help you race your best race on March 5th. But like, like I am saying all this now, of course, with, um, you know, the understanding after the fact, but during my training, that took me a really, really long time to learn. And I had to be so gentle and graceful with myself when I would consistently mess up and I would consistently miss workouts. And I was anything but perfect when it comes to somebody who was training for a race. Like if you're looking for the perfect example of somebody to follow and, and to model your programming after, book somewhere else because that's never that's never going to be me unfortunately or I guess you know it is what it is but I you know I missed so many runs there were some weeks where I went running one singular time and the rest of the week like maybe I worked out in other capacities or maybe I just didn't at all and that was just the reality of that but I also went into my half marathon with the knowledge that I was doing this for me and me alone. Of course, like I'm vlogging this experience and I'm, I'm sharing as many details as I can as I go along, but I wasn't racing for time. 
I wasn't racing for some sort of like medal or achievement. Could you imagine? <laughs> like not me, not today, not now. Uh, so I think in the back of my mind, I kind of use that as an excuse at times, if I'm being very honest with myself, because I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter. I, I know I can do this at the end of the day. So if I miss one run, it's fine. It's, it's totally okay. But you know what? I, I think I'm not trying to say this as like uh, an example, as I mentioned, like I don't want you to listen to this and be like, Taylor said I can skip runs. So I'm going to skip a whole bunch of runs because that's bad training. And that's hopefully never going to lead to anything bad. But of course, like, you know, injuries can happen and, and not training enough and not working yourself up to a certain level can lead to just getting hurt. So I, I never want you to do that. Um, I, I promise you I, I condition myself in hopefully the best way possible. I'm speaking about this post-run, so you can kind of at least take my word for it in that sense. But it's so funny because I I had no like time in my mind that I wanted to get as like a race time. You know, like a lot of people go into a half marathon with a certain race number. Like, okay, I want to get this done in, in two hours and 30 minutes. But I didn't really have that because – then it wouldn't be as fun to me. I think I would have not enjoyed the process as much if I was constantly trying to just improve and improve and improve. And I did without even recognizing it, but that's just not the way that I work because I'm not like that competitive of a person. So I, I can't, I can't motivate myself like that. I have to think of things that make me want to run because I'm enjoying every every step of the way. Literally every step. There we go. Another pun. (laughs) So the funny thing though, is that as my training progressed on, I started to get more invested and I started to look at this as something I really cared about. I signed up for it maybe because it was something on my bucket list and it was, you know, like, oh, that would be cool to check off. But as you get so in your mind and literally invested in every step of the way because you're thinking about this constantly and as the the days get closer and you're training all of the time, it's always on your mind. It is literally always on your mind. And that was probably the biggest mental game I couldn't shake for myself in the final maybe three weeks leading up to the race. I didn't stop thinking about March 5th till March 5th was over. And it ate me alive. I would wake up every single morning with immediate anxiety, like just immediate. I hadn't even thought a single thought yet. And I was already just heart pumping out of my chest. And it got me into like a a really dark place for a little bit where I just didn't feel like myself. And I felt like, I don't even know. And I couldn't even identify whether or not it was related to the race. But I think, you know, you just put in other stress factors in your life and you start to realize okay, maybe I'm, I'm putting too much pressure on or I'm just, I'm not even breathing because I just want this one thing to be over with. And maybe I want it to be over with because I am passionate about it. And maybe I care so much because it means a lot to me. And maybe that's okay to admit out loud. And maybe that's not such a scary thing to say. Then I start to think about it a little more. And I start to wonder, is this race even for me? Is this even the race that I want to do? Because like I said, I kind of just logged online. I found a race and I kind of just signed up for it. I I didn't even sign up for a race in my state. 
that's a little dramatic because I signed up for one in Portland and I live in Seattle. So it's not like it's that far away. I knew I was going to be in Portland that weekend and I just kind of figured, you know what, like it's it's a no big deal sort of event. I'm just going to do that one. So I just signed up for this race. And the more I look into the race, I'm like, I don't think I like this route. I don't think I like this structure. I don't think I like this. You know, like I was just starting to not feel passionate about that particular race, not the half marathon in general, not the concept, just that Portland race. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should just look for something that excites me more. If I have a fun race, like a Santa con, for example, that's, (laughs) that's not what it's called, but there are like Santa races in December. That would be so something I would love to do. I'm dressed up. I could go as an elf. I could go as Santa. I could go as Mrs. Claus. I'm looking so cute. We're having so much fun. And you're like in such cute spirit, you don't realize you're running, you know, like that's the kind of environment I need. I've always been fueled by celebration. So what's a better way to celebrate than a race in the month of March? What kind of races happen in the month of, in the month of March? What kind of races happen in the month of March? St. Patrick's Day. Why in the living heck did I not think of that to begin with? I am absolutely obsessed with St. Patrick's Day. I think it is such a fun holiday to honor. I think it is so neat. I love everything about it. And I don't know why I didn't think of that in the first place. So immediately I'm like trying to scour the internet for any kind of like St. Patrick's Day related race. And what do you know? There is one the following weekend. Not March 5th, March 12th. So now I'm thinking, why the heck did I not sign up for that in the first place? That is the silliest thing ever as a St. Patrick's Day lover. That was so dumb of me. I just have to get past this registration fee because now I'm registering late, which means it's more expensive, and to deal with the fact that I'm signing up for two races back-to-back weekends. Of course, I was never going to fully run both races, but I had my my mindset on March 5th. And I felt like in my mind, if I didn't go to that race, I'd be letting the people down. I'd be letting the the people who organized the race down. I would just be, I don't know, like a phony or I I gave them all this money and then I just, I never get a refund and I never see the light of day. Like it's, it made me kind of sad. So I kind of start strategizing and I'm like, all right, well, what if I just, what if I just kind of use it as a practice race. It will be my fake race day and I'll go that weekend. I'm still going to be in Portland and I'll just go have fun. Maybe I'll race as like a workout. You know, I'll go 10, 11 miles and walk the rest. And I was kind of okay with that idea. And I'm packing for it. Like I literally go through all the steps. Like I, I make sure I have pasta. I've got my gels. I've got my flip belt. I've got the perfect outfit and backup outfits and the shoes, the bomba socks, everything. And I'm still over the, over the moon with anxiety. It is just like pumping out of me at this point. And Keith and I start having this conversation and he's like, why is this making you so beyond anxious for something that it's not even your race anymore? This race, we realized, was like an hour and a half away from where we were staying. It wasn't even really in Portland. It was like way south of Portland. It wasn't something I felt like I wanted to do anymore. I realized it was also going to take away some of the excitement of the race day from me. 
and like everything about it, I felt like was just so tied to that one race that was making me so bottled up with energy that I thought the best thing I need to do right now is to not go to that race. As much as it hurt me to just swallow a $60 fee and to just not show up, it didn't make any sense in the long run. And it was going to totally ruin my first experience running a half marathon if I just gave it all up for something that was going to be so meaningless, I guess, like in the grand scheme of things. So March 5th comes and goes and Taylor didn't run her half marathon, but it's all right because St. Patrick is here to save the day. So I'm going to take you through the the entire morning experience and the race and I, I'll do my best to recap it as much as possible because I'm sure so much of it is like a blur in my mind. But the race started at 8.30 a.m., which is so nice, first of all, like an 8.30 a.m. start like even just the difference of a good 30 minutes for a race so kind of them to do I wake up of course at like 5 30 in the morning because I'm just full of jitters and I'm I'm so like with emotion I had carbo loaded like two days before pretty much like all week long and then the night before just I don't remember what I ate actually the night before it wasn't anything extravagant I do remember that but I was so nervous like I could barely you know keep things down but I I wake up super early and I'm just kind of like getting ready I'm doing some active stretching I did like a pre-run yoga with yoga with Adrian of course and I you know like the time was so slow before the race but then the minute like you get there everything's happening so stinking quickly like by the time we finally drove all the way over there and we get all settled and get out of the car we're running over to the actual starting line like you know minutes are just flying by and all of a sudden you're like do I have time to pee the line is so stinking long like there's no time to do anything and then boom ready set you're off you know I was trying as best as possible to be as in the moment I think because I didn't want like that feeling to be taken away I worked so many weeks and so many months for this feeling and for this exact moment like why would I want to just like wish that that time away so I, I tried my best, I guess, to be very present. Um, at the starting line, cheering me on was my boyfriend, Keith, my sister, Paige, and our dog, Reese, as well as Keith's family dog, William. So that was fun. And they dropped me off at the finish line. And, you know, I have to kind of like meander my way into the middle of the crowd. And I think that was like one of the scariest parts, I think, because I'd never run a race by myself ever. And that was like one of the moments where I realized I'm truly doing this by myself for me. Like this is by me for me in this moment. And it's showtime, baby. You know, we're going to go get him, Tiger, as yoga with Adrian told me. So I've got like, you know, minutes to go. No, seconds. And they play the same song at every starting line, I think, at every race I've ever been to. I want to say it's Rocky or Rocky is the one that they play when you come in. I forget, but it's always the exact same song. But of course, I'm like trying to get my Nike Run app uh, all loaded. I've got my guided run ready to start. I've got my Spotify playlist. Keith wanted me to start the race with um, Through the Fire and Flames, I think is the name of the song, which is like the final song that you play on Guitar Hero, which is Guitar Hero. No, I highly doubt it's even still manufactured at this point. But anywho, um, 
we found the song like not too long ago. I think he saw a TikTok about it. And so it's been like, kind of like a joke between us. He's like, it's going to get you so pumped up. Like start the race with this song. I'm like, you got it. So I'm sitting there. I've got fire and flames pulled up on my phone. I've got my Nike run guided app ready to go. And I'm trying to like get my uh, bearings, I suppose, like in the middle of all these people and also trying to like, you know, be ready to say goodbye to my audience or, you know, my, my family waving to me before I leave to go uh, run the race. And the race was going to be kind of strange too. Like there weren't that many opportunities, I guess, for bystanders to cheer you on, which I think actually really affected me. I really wish I had that experience, but, um, you know, it is what it is. You do what you can do. But anyways, I'm I'm kind of getting ready and I'm I realize that they have pacers for this race. And I don't think I'd ever run a race with pacers before cuz anything I had done was never like that serious, but pacers are like these incredible people who perfectly time their race to run an exact number or an exact timed race. So they have like these cute little flags and they're holding them up the entire time, which is amazing. And they're going to run whatever the time says on their flag. So they could finish in exactly two hours. Then there might be another pacer for two hours and 10 minutes, two hours and 20 minutes. I believe for my race, it was paced every 10 minutes, but it kind of was an amazing thing because it can guide you and help you uh, stay paced throughout your race if that's a number that you wanted to stick to. So if you wanted to get done in two hours, you would make sure that you were constantly by the girl with a cute little flag which is such a beautiful idea. I know they do that at a lot of races, but I had just never had that experience for myself before. And I thought it was so amazing, especially for me, because I didn't have a watch. I wasn't tracking my pace the entire time. I could have looked at it on my phone, but I I just didn't care. And I knew I was going to get kind of sad if I was going, quote unquote, too slow for myself or, you know, like I, I was just going to get in my head. So I'm kind of like getting all set up and I see like the 2.30 person and I was thinking, okay, like, you know, maybe 2.30 is a good number for myself. I really didn't know. And I think going into the race, I'd kind of assumed like, okay, if if I want to run this the entire way through, like no stopping, no, um, you know, not running, <laughs> no walking, I guess, I I would like to do this all the way through. Maybe it'll take me two and a half hours. That felt like an okay number to kind of gauge off of. And to do that, like very sustainably, you know, I didn't want to go out of the gates too strong. I wanted to make sure I was maintaining this for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 13 miles the entire way through. So I see the 230 person and I'm kind of standing by her. And then I'm thinking, you know what? I think I can, I think I can actually do a little bit faster than that. So I kind of make my way up to 210 and I'm right behind the 210 cute little girl and I'm off and we start the race, which is (laughs) very anticlimactic way to say the race has started. And the first half of the race was super confusing. Like we were going around in in circles and I, I think I was super in my head. I was filled with adrenaline, but I was also super nervous and I felt kind of awkward by myself. And I, I didn't know 
where I should be pacing. Like I was, I was kind of scattered. And basically I, I kept going on with the 210 friend until I kind of thought, you know what, like, I think I can, I think I could do 210, but I'm going to feel a little bit more comfortable if I'm just kind of pedaling back a little bit. So the entire race, I kind of just like keep consistent with what is about like probably 215. I was like smack dab in the middle between 210 and 220. Now, this is like not a horrible thing whatsoever, but the one really sad part about my race was that it wasn't that populated. I like there wasn't that many people running it. So I felt like I ran a lot of the race by myself. There were times, of course, where there were people, of course, in front of me and behind me, but there would be like stretches where I think maybe there would be a person in front of me. There were like random bystanders also like walking on the sidewalk. And so I wasn't sure like if if they were in the race, if they were running too, like on their just normal Saturday jog, I wasn't sure because I couldn't see if they had a bib on or not. So it was kind of like a, a weird mental game, I guess, in that sense, because I obviously trained for this by myself, but I kind of went into it knowing I would have that reliability and thinking everybody around me is also going to be helping me stay motivated because I'm going to see that one girl in the green tutu ahead of me and I'm going to use her as a way to gauge myself. Like I always want to be next to the girl with the tutu, you know, and I'm sure somebody was doing the exact same thing to me. Like it's just, you know, a way to kind of keep yourself in check. But it was really hard on me, I think, when I was going so much of it alone because so many people just kind of hug the pacer which makes sense like there's a group of people kind of swarming the 210 girl and there's a group of people swarming the 220 girl but not many people that are kind of just at 215 like I was but I was really proud of myself because the most I'd ever ran before going into this was 10 miles and so by mile 10 I was just kind of like we've got this. We are flowing through the motions. We are working on our breathing. That is the thing that is going to control ourselves the most, you know, like that's what's going to get me through to the finish line, but I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. So we, we go through the first like two miles, which is like a weird loop. And I did not like that at all. We start going like up and down hills, which again, did not like that at all. This was an extraordinarily hilly course. And I sort of knew that possibly going into it, but I wasn't entirely sure. And <laughs> it was it was tough. Like there was maybe a two-mile stretch or so where it was flat, but there were at least one, two, three, four, like seven or eight hills and steep ones. So that wasn't exactly fun, but also like another good challenge. I don't think I would have loved it if it was flat the entire time. So, you know, there's different challenges with different courses, but it was hard. And I think about mile three or four was when I felt my groove kind of kick in. I think the first two miles, you're so in your head and you're so achy. You're just trying to warm up your body. But by the time you're just kind of in the groove of things, like you start to feel good. And I think that's kind of when your endorphins, at least in my case, kind of kick in. By mile five, I think usually that's when I kind of feel a little bit more achy in my joints. Like my feet might start to hurt a teeny bit. My hip flexor might be acting up. That's the the latest tender point for myself. But you you can't like let yourself lean into those things because then 
your mentality is taken out of it. You have to do like these body scans, which I learned actually from a subscriber, where you just start to think about every part of your body one by one. How are your feet doing? They're a little sore, but they're okay. They're not in pain. How are your calves doing? They're all right. We've got this. Your thighs, throbbing, tired, but we're okay. How is your breathing? Are you doing all right with your chest? Is is your chest a little bit forward? Are you leading with your chin or your, your arms at your side kind of pacing you forward is your head in a good mental space you know if if you're just feeling tired then you know it's all about your mentality I think around mile six was finally when I saw Keith and Paige again which was such a relief and it was so nice to just finally like see somebody else and just smile at them I got handed over an Advil which was really helpful (laughs) and I took a Rice Krispie treat like right around the same time which was so gorgeous. It was such a beautiful feeling. I found one in the back of my pantry right before I went out on my race, which was amazing. And I loved that. I think that gave me like a little bit more of a a pumped up feeling. Like mile six and seven, I felt very good about. And I think mile eight, I have like a teeny bit of a downhill for a minute. So I was like, okay, we've got this. I've already run more than I have left to run. Like I all I have to do is repeat what I just did less, you know, like we're totally fine. We're cooking. So it was, it was an out and back course. So I was able to see Keith and Paige once more time before I, I set out and I was basically on my own for miles nine through 13. No freaking joke. That was probably, again, the hardest part of the race, of course. And right when I'm feeling like so unmotivated, of course, I'm doing my guided run with Coach Bennett, who's the global Nike running, global Nike head running coach, something like that. Uh, And he's like one of the main, he was the main coach for this half marathon training program. So you're going to do guided runs on the Nike Run Club with a lot of coaches. It's not just Coach Bennett, but for this particular program, he did a majority of them, especially the long runs. So he would come in maybe every mile or so and just kind of check in. It wasn't like he was dictating you like every single second, which I really love and appreciate. But around mile nine, when I was so just, I, I you know, like your fuel tank is so empty. And at that point, like I, I had my Rice Krispie treat. I had a gel, but I didn't want to have too much sugar. I didn't want to get a cramp. I was trying to drink water or electrolytes, but I, I didn't want to drink too much. So you start kind of, you know, just having to rely on your thoughts and your mentality and going through this flow of the motions. And he pops in and he's like, you know what? This is the hardest part of the race, but this is what you asked for. This is what you've been training for. This is what you've been craving. You train every single week and every single workout for this moment where you're kind of in that tired, fatigued feeling, but you're pushing through because you know that you can and you know that you're better than this moment. And those were like the little pieces of wisdom that got me through eventually, of course, like to my finish line. But boy, did it just feel so long on the way out. But also, not to toot anybody's horn here, but I was cooking it on the way out. I was going like, we've got this. I'm not sprinting to the finish because, uh, spoiler alert, the last mile and a half was an upward hill. Absolutely horrible. Like, I feel like the grade was just 90 degree angle. I don't know. Uh, I just knew though, like I wanted to get this done. So people that I was relying on as my pacers, you know, because I was behind 210 
I couldn't really see, you know, an actual pacer for me. So the girl in the green tutu or whatever, I passed her. The girl with the blue backpack, I passed her. The man with the red shirt, passed him. And that was, I guess, like a little bit rewarding, you know, like it's kind of cool to to work so hard and to pass people that you were looking up to like the entire race, I guess. And then the final stretch was going over like this uh, overpass. So you had to go up a hill, then down the hill. And I knew once I went down the hill, like the rest of the race was going to be really stinking hard because I think that was about mile 11 and a half. And it was straight, just like gross scenery, nothing to look at. I'm not kidding you, nobody in front of me. And then I was looking at my fate, which was mile 12 to 13 of the upward hill, the massive incline. So the last, I'd say two to three miles really pushed me in a hopefully a really good way. But wow, like it became a huge mental game. And I was cursing my way up that final hill. I was screaming out like, this is so mean. Who makes a course with the last, like literally the last half mile was so freaking steep. The minute you got over the hill, basically you had 0.1 miles to go and that was the finish line. So you, at least you knew it was right there, but gosh, was it mean? Gosh, did it just eat me alive? I'm, I have Beyonce on. She, I was listening to freedom. So she's going freedom, freedom. And I'm just screaming out like bloody murder. This is so mean. Oh my gosh. It was so stinking hard. Oh, but finally, like I, I round the corner or I round the top of the hill. I see Keith and Paige and they're waiting for me, which was so cool that they like made it there on time. Like they, they followed me throughout the course, which was so hard for them to try and navigate and, and drive around and everything. And finally, they're at the finish line and there's nobody in front of me. So I'm just sprinting in as much as possible, which looking back at the footage was so not a sprint because I was so tired. It was like a quick little, whoop, whoop. but at the moment, you know, you feel like everything's burning. And then the announcer goes, and that was Taylor Woods. Good job, Taylor. <laughs> and I finished in, I think it was something like 216 or 217, somewhere right around that time. And thinking I was going into that race, coming out with a, a 230, I was pretty proud. I, I felt like, you know, still like a teeny bit like, oh gosh darn it. Like I wish I could have gone 210. I wish I could have gone to two hours, but I still did it. And it's even funny that I'm thinking that because I was the person that just wanted to go and do this just for fun or just wanted to go and do this to prove to myself that I could and that I'm capable and that I'm able to do all these things. Confident, capable, no, confident, competent, and thriving. Those are my three words that I recommend for interview prep. They're still my words that I use to get me through any stressful situation. It helps calm me down. If I say them out loud to myself, you start using positive affirmation to yourself. It freaking works. But I just think it is such a funny thing that I was the girl that was so just, I'm just going to do this just because it's on my bucket list. And I came out of this going, you know what? I can do better. I want to do better. I'm going to do better. And that is so stinking cool. And you know what? One of the first thoughts I had after I was done, after it literally felt like a fever dream, you know, you're running for two and a half hours and all of a sudden you're like, 
what just happened? <laughs> it's 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm done? Like, what? The first thing I thought of was, when can I do it again? I'm not even kidding you. And I <laughs> I feel like a traitor to myself for, be saying, for saying those words again. But it's true. Like, you kind of just get bitten by this bug that makes you so infatuated with the process and you're so proud of yourself and you work so hard for that moment and then all of a sudden it's all over and you're like wait a minute I need more like you got a, a dose of the po- the poison <laughs> you got a dose of the poison and now you know you want the whole thing and I'm and I'm gonna let you in here on a little insider secret that I shouldn't be saying out loud but I'm going to say it anyways Today, I was researching marathons, (laughs) which is actually something I've told myself all my life I had no interest in. I told myself, I never want to do that. You literally like put yourself into into shock. I'm nearly positive the story of, you know, how a marathon was created was because this man literally ran 26.2 miles to the city of Marathon in Greece. And he like fell over and died or he like fell over and had like a really bad experience. <laughs> I don't think I, I wanted to voluntarily do that. But now I'm thinking like I can. I totally can. And it doesn't mean I'm going to do it tomorrow. It doesn't mean it's happening like even very soon. But I think when I have this itch, it's something I should follow. And I don't know if there'll be other opportunities in my life where I'll, I will feel this way where I will feel so, I don't know, like infatuated with the whole process. Like what if I, I turn, you know, another year older and all of a sudden the ideas pass and I never do it again. I think it would be cool if I leaned into that idea now while I'm, I'm physically still like staying on top of my training. It's just a possibility. I'm just throwing it out. Like don't come with me with your spear, spears or anything, pitchforks. I think if that was even a possibility, I'd run a few more half marathons, at least one. I'd keep up some training, obviously, and um, I'd sign up for a really fun one. That would be the other thing. I wouldn't just do like the Seattle Marathon. I really don't have much interest. And also, if you want to talk hills, whew, Seattle is like – not as bad, but like, you know, as it's quite a hilly city because, it, you know, it's at sea level. So it's kind of like San Francisco where there's just hills nonstop. And a lot of the hills I think are in like the 18 plus miles part of the the marathon. And that, that does not sound fun. And I think it would be cool to, to run a, a city that I've never been to before or to run like just a fun area. Like there's beautiful ones in Ventura, California, for example, which is like one of the last – Uh, classic beach towns in California. That would be so stinking cool. You go from the mountains to the beach. Amazing. Like imagine the scenery, imagine the opportunity. So cool. There's ones in um, Florida, like right by Disney, Disney World. How beautiful, how fun. And then you go reward yourself right afterwards by going to Disney World. That sounds like something Taylor would want to do. There's like beautiful ones in Utah and Colorado, like all these mountainous, beautiful populations or excuse me, these, these sceneries and it would just be incredible. So I wouldn't just do like my, my backyard marathon. I would love to go do something like super, super cool. The Honolulu marathon. Ah! So 
I'm not saying that it's something I'm setting up for tomorrow, but I'm just mentioning it because it's exciting. And if you take anything away from this podcast, recognize that I was the person that never, ever, ever thought I would do this, like never once in my life. And I was never confident in myself and my abilities to go running. I never thought that I was the quote unquote type of person to go run a half marathon or I didn't have the body for it or I wasn't, I just wasn't, you know, I didn't fit the mold. But first of all, screw that. And second of all, you can do literally anything that you set your mind to. And that is the cheesiest thing I've ever said, but take my words for truth because they mean something and I'm I'm serious. If that is a goal that you have, why not just to try? And maybe along the way, even if you decide you don't want to run a half marathon, you just enjoyed a little bit of the process or you learned to love something that previously you thought you hated, just like me. And maybe it's not actually something that you hate. Maybe like in my case, it was just something that I was resentful that maybe I was never good at. Or maybe I was just sad that I was never that quote unquote person. I never fit that mold. And maybe that was just always like a mask that I put up because I thought, well, I'm not good enough, so I'm never going to try. And what the heck does that do for you? Why, Why do we live our lives like constantly deciding that we aren't good for things? Who freaking says, you know? And also, there is nothing wrong with running or walking a half or a full marathon. If you want to go run, walk, that is so okay. And honestly, it sounds like a really fun opportunity because you would get to take in so much of the beauty around you during those 26.2 miles. I mean, talk about a beautiful experience that you're truly just treasuring in the moment. Don't go, you know, setting out for perfection because if that was my case, I would have never been able to start because I would have already been failing from from day one. I'm anything but perfect, but I'm proud of myself because here I am on the other side of my half marathon and I'm I'm very proud. And it, it was seriously like it was a little bit of an emotional experience. I didn't I thought I was going to cry actually like at the finish line. I really did. But I think I was so filled with endorphins that that just didn't happen but if I really sat down and I like started to think about it too much I probably would cry because you just put so much of yourself into this experience and you get so much out of it and I know it wasn't just because of the Nike Run Club app but truly my entire perception of running has been changed throughout this experience I I now like even view myself in a different light, I feel like, because I'm treating this as something I get to go and do for myself and something that has given so much back to me in the short time that I've even given to it. And look how far it's already taken me. 13.1 miles (laughs) and counting. I think I kind of promised that this uh, episode wouldn't be that all over the place, but I've had a lot of emotions, I think, regarding this, and it has been such an emotional journey that I'm sorry it has, if it was at hard, (laughs) I'm sorry if it was hard to track at all, but I I appreciate you so, so, so much. If you're listening to this, if you have watched any of the videos that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, okay, now I feel like I'm going to cry. If you've seen like any part of my journey or you've you've heard me talk about it or 
you've you've just like I don't know <laughs> if you've supported me in any way just thank you from the bottom of my heart because I I don't think I would have been able to do this without you all I really mean that because all of my life have been so in my head and if I didn't feel confident in something then I just I just accepted that I wasn't good at it or I just accepted that maybe I just I wasn't good enough and that's so far from the truth and you all have shown me like such amazing support and love and kindness through this entire process and you've been nothing but the biggest cheerleaders for me even when you know I would have horrible runs and horrible days you'd always be there with such amazing amazing love and support I just keep saying the same thing but I I don't I don't know how to like stress this enough that how important you all have been in my entire journey through this and I thought of you every step of the way pun intended throughout my half marathon and this felt like a a win for me for all of us and something I just I know was made possible because of you so thank you if this is your first time listening or your 61st or 71st whatever episode number we're on thank you I wouldn't be here without you and I love you all so much Thank you for listening. I will talk to you next week where we will have a much less emotional episode, but I I just love you all so much and I can't believe that I did the darn thing. <sighs> talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>